0: Welcome, D-Gentlemen and D-Gentlewoman, to episode three. That's right, episode three of the Odds Get Even podcast. I'm your host, J-Roy Hammers, joined by my co-host, AJ Locks and RG. How are you guys?
1: I'm doing fantastic. It's, you know, it's a great Monday night. Watched a pretty bad Monday night football game, but you know, it was a good weekend for football. My Dolphins got another dub. We're rolling, so like pretty happy right now. How about you, RG? <laughs>
2: I'm doing great as well. Great slate of college football this weekend. Uh, we went out a few times. Man, dude, on Saturday, I, I had Subway twice. So that was just ridiculous. Two foot long subs for me, two different times of the day. But hey, it's the weekend, so who cares? But feeling great going into this week. What, what subs did you get? I got steak and cheese on the first one. And then the second one was at like three in the morning. And I had a uh, cold cut combo. It was, it was fire. It was unreal.
0: Cold cut combo at three in the morning. My yeah,
2: did didn't sit well the next morning. But hey, we had football, so I didn't care. Those cold cuts are out there all day. Yep, I know that.
0: <laughs> but honestly, i i can't uh, I can't disagree. A, a nice meatball sandwich obviously doesn't sit well the next day, but oh man, they taste so good, especially when you get the marinara sauce. Oh yeah. But uh, talking about the weekend, guys, what a weekend! So many underdogs hit so many favorites hit, but the one who actually benefited the most this weekend was Vegas. So round of applause to Vegas for coming home with the bank. The house that always wins. Can't be, uh, can't be surprised with that one.
1: Yeah, I can't agree more. I lost uh, a good amount of money this weekend. So Vegas got me this weekend, but that, that, that's the game of gambling. We'll rebound. We'll, we'll get better we'll, hit, we'll watch the tape and we'll uh we'll get vegas next weekend.
2: Hey, so, we lost some but we had uh we had some great values hit too. We had a lot of winners too.
0: Yeah, so, so uh right yeah, so like RG said, we we had a we had a we had a pretty decent weekend. Obviously, it was under our 70% target, but this weekend as I said was an absolute underdog weekend. You got the Lions beating, beating uh, Green Bay, you got Bills losing to the Jets. So there was a lot, a lot of surprises, which is honestly good for how we finished. We finished seven for 13 out of all the picks we gave, including value. But on our top eight, we finished five out of eight, which was over 50%, especially on a weekend full of Vegas traps. So we should give ourselves a little bit of a pat on the back. Can't be satisfied since we do expect a higher margin. But if you do the math, we do end up pretty profitable. We will give out the unit profits after next episode where we give out our eight picks and calculate the profit on that. So uh, you guys have any uh, speeches or any commemoration for the weekend?
1: You know, five and eight, not a terrible start. It's a good starting point, but we'll look to get better. We'll look to get up to that six and seven threshold, but you know. Just telling you Jalen Waddle overs every week. I think that's gotta be in the top eight locks. Just he, his line keeps disrespected. It's gonna be 67 and a half, maybe again next week, and I'll hammer that every single week.
2: Yeah, we had some good ones on the board. Something to watch out for. Uh Davis Mills keep keep smashing that under. I think it's coming every week. I don't know why he's getting so overvalued there, but uh let's just keep smashing that under.
0: Yeah, and uh with all the unders, we had some great analysis last week. Just absolutely great. Just calls on uh, the Washington versus Arizona under. It got a little sweaty. It was one nothing after the second, and then all of a sudden they pot in four goals at the start of the third. I was, I I, I was I was casting a little puddle, but uh, the Detroit Lions Green Bay Packers under what a call guys. The analysis was great. Aaron Rodgers looked awful, but I'm uh, on St. Brown fantasy owners. What do you guys think of him? Started a season, started off strong, had some injury trouble. Now he's the only one there without TJ Hawkinson. What do you guys think rest of the season Alvin Ross St. Brown?
1: I feel like his fantasy value has got to go up. He's getting, he's getting underused lately, though. Like You saw with TJ Hawkinson and like with Swift involved at the start of the year, he got the target share, and now they're not even getting Swift the ball, and he's still not getting the target share. I feel like that's got to change. The Lions start, want to keep winning games. They ought to get their best weapon involved. And so with DeAndre Swift, you know, we wanted that owner. I'm a pretty depressed DeAndre Swift owner after I saw him get three carries, Jamal Williams, like 25 or whatever it was in the weekend. So that's, uh, that's a tough pill to swallow, that's for sure.
2: Uh, no, with St. Brown, we're getting into these last few weeks of fantasy here. We're, uh, we're getting into the final stretch where you make the playoffs or so you don't. So uh, if he has a good week here, maybe look to trade him. You can get a lot of value for him, get some pieces from injuries that are coming from a lot of running backs this year. But, hey, we'll see what happens.
0: So I'm on the opposite of you guys. I, I don't like uh, I'm on Ross Brown rest this season. I feel like without TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift, he is really the only dangerous passing option they have. And they obviously get uh, a lot of uh, coverage from on him. Uh, kind of similar to what CD Lamb was at the start of the year when he was the only wide receiver there. So in my opinion, I think sell high on Amon-Ra if you can still sell high, uh, but definitely don't buy low on Amon-Ra and Brown. Uh, even if you can i i, I think Amon Ra- there's a big discrepancy in the market with amon Ra St. brown owners thinking he's all that and people were trying to trade low for him i don't think you can make a trade for him but moving on to the next winner that i really want to highlight which is a great analysis on your part uh rg and uh, aj nebraska plus 15 and a half it got a little sweaty but it it, it did look pretty well and your analysis was pretty on point here Do uh, you guys have anything to say on that
2: uh, yeah, I can uh, I can kick us off here. So quarterback Casey Thompson was questionable at the beginning of the game. He did not end up playing the game. That didn't matter at all. They covered that very well. I mean, it, it, I was sweating a little bit. There was some puddles accumulating on the ground for a little there, but that was fine. Nebraska at home, different beast. Minnesota had a great start this season, but uh, AJ, you just can't rely on Tanner Morgan, eh?
1: Oh no. Um, I remember in his, I think it was a sophomore sophomore year when Rashad Bateman went off. I was high in Tanner Warriors, high in Minnesota. He looked like a legit quarterback. These past three years, he can't complete a pass past five yards. So I think it's a great a great job to bet against him. I think that's great analysis on both our parts. I think the the moral of the story is when you get a home dog in college football of like 15 points and they're a big 10 school who's kind of comparable. I think you gotta take them every single time. So it's great analysis. On team that can pound the rock, too many points. Great pick, boys.
0: Another, another pick we do want to look at was the soccer pick of Napoli that our soccer guys do have. Uh, that was a great pick um, at plus money as well. So we did hit a lot of dogs uh, in the eight picks, which is great. And uh, another thing we do want to highlight is that a bunch of our picks are minus 130 and under which usually are pretty hard to hit. So hitting those and getting about even money or more back is pretty good. And hitting that over a 50% rate is also really uh, is also something you should be proud of. So not, not, our, we're not selling ourselves short here on the Oz get even podcast. Uh, but now we're going to move on to the losers and what we like to do with our losers. is We like to learn as a, as a wise man once said, knowledge is power. So, what did we learn this weekend, boys, from the from the losses that we incurred?
1: Don't bet against the Leafs. Don't bet against your favorite team. I think that's the moral story. Um, every time I feel like you wanna you wanna fade your best team, it uh, kind of bites in the butt. And uh, I think what our lesson learned is the Leafs for me blacklisted. But um, some tough loss this weekend. We have learned from, but um, we'll get better. What do you, RG? What do you think?
2: My big thing is to not look too much into how someone performed the week before. Um, Josh Jacobs, I know we barely missed that over. I think he had 67 yards. The over was 76 and a half, but I would not look too much into these big bounce back weeks that everyone's always talking about. I know that's a big thing. We could get right games and everything like that, but uh, that shouldn't be the key point of your analysis going into betting. And uh, I think we're gonna have to take that into account moving forward boys.
0: Definitely right. I do see that. What you're exactly what you're talking about. Uh, we got to be more matchup based and uh, really got to be checking the vibes on some of these guys because, as we know, good vibes equals good performance. But one uh, one comment I do want to say about the Leafs, uh, AJ, you did say uh, the word blacklist. You want to explain to the listeners uh, who don't know what blacklisting uh, is because it's uh, it's a term that's pretty unique to our podcast.
1: Blacklisting, pretty self-explanatory. Don't bet them as a favorite. Don't bet them as an underdog. Don't even look at them on the betting card. I feel like the Leafs have just screwed all of us this year. Two mortal locks, over two on the Leafs. Blacklisted, you will not hear the Leafs mention on this pod. Again, I don't think, because we ain't touching them.
0: So, uh, just explain it, the Leafs were my mortal lock last week, where they played the Kings, and they lost. Then the Bruins were my mortal lock this week when they played the Leafs and the Leafs won. And to make matters even better, I decided to double down on Carolina the next day against the Leafs and the Leafs won again. So I texted the boys in the pod. I'm like, we're not betting for or against the Leafs until they show some consistency. Cause I don't know. Leafs are one of the most inconsistent teams um, in the NHL. You don't know what team's coming out. They can look like one of the worst teams in the league, or they can look like one of the best teams in the league. It's, it's, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to sort of measure how good they are.
1: Yeah, it's the no, life of the least uh... fan. It's the life yeah. of the least fan. We've been we've been there all the rest of all my life. You don't know what least you're gonna get. I think in the future now with Sam Snob out, Murray out, we're gonna see Shalgren all, all, all week. oh I don't know how long it's gonna be, but I think that's even making more frustrating. You don't know what Shalgren you get. You don't know what least team you're gonna get. So it's the life of being a least fan.
2: Hey, uh, Jay Roy, before we move on, uh, I think you forgot to shout out a couple massive value picks we had, a couple dubs on there. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish at plus 152 and uh, your New Jersey Devils filled with heart. Those were two massive value wins that we uh, we hit on some money lines.
3: So
0: that's uh, one thing that really got me happy with the weekend was those two plus money bets hit. Like I said last week, you're not upset when your pluses miss, but you are over the moon when your pluses hit because those are the hot takes. When you hit your hot takes, there's nothing better. You look at yourself in the mirror. You think yourself, you're, you're the man. I was absolutely buttering myself up last weekend. Every time Jersey scored to go up on Calgary, a piece of clothing came off by the end of it. I was almost naked and the roommates almost saw, saw it. So so whatever, I'm happy with that. How do you feel when you hit that underdog pick, RG? What were you doing after those two subs?
2: So uh, we were at the bar watching the Notre Dame-Clemson game, and I was getting fired up. None of my boys out there care about that game. That's an ACC game. That's an independent game. Nothing to do with the SEC and Big 12, but I was just getting fired up off that dog. Nothing, uh, nothing more to say about it. It was a great time at the bar, and I got to celebrate the win.
3: So
0: enough of us uh, tugging our horn too hard because uh, we're still learning from our losses. Vancouver money line. they were up 3-0 in the first period, gentlemen. And as we know, 3-0 apparently is the worst lead in hockey for Vancouver Canucks fans and the Vancouver Canucks team because... None other than the Nashville Predators come back and win that game in shootout. And there's no better feeling than waking up seeing that there's no money in your account after you thought it was cash. These Vancouver Canucks boys might be one of the best first period teams in the league, but one of the worst. Wait, did I say third period? No, first best first period teams in the league. One of the worst third period teams in the league. It's an absolute anomaly. I I don't know what to say.
1: Yeah, I don't know what to say either. I uh, checked my phone. It was three half, then. Thought it was safe to go to bed. You know, I was pretty hungover Saturday, like good night's sleep to wake up, watch some football on Sunday. And I woke up and there was no money in my account. So instantly went to our group chat. Just just pure defeat from Van Moneyline right there.
2: No, the uh the group chat was fired up about that one. That wasn't uh that wasn't too great. Hoping we could get an early payout didn't uh didn't happen on my end. But hey, what are you gonna do? We we move, we move.
0: Yeah, so whoever tailed the Vancouver pick, got uh, some of them got the early payout, which is uh, a feature on some betting apps. But we don't talk about early payouts here. We talk about only bet wins. So that was a loss. We move on. Next, we do want to talk about another one of our losses, which would be the Arizona Cardinals, your Arizona Cardinals, RG. Explain to us what, what happened.
2: So here's uh, here's what I take away from that one. So I don't think we're far enough removed from the new COD coming out. I think Kyler was still on it a little bit. I think a uh, couple division matchups the next few weeks, it might cool down, but I'm ready for Cliff Kingsbury to get out of there. I think I've mentioned that every podcast so far, but I am so ready. It's not going to happen until the end of the year. AJ, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm totally on that with you. I think Cliff has got to go. Um, I've been on that for a couple of years. I think he's holding back that offense. I think we mentioned the first pod. He got the job with of Patrick Mahomes, and that offense still wasn't getting in with one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in the NFL so far. You know, going on to another fire before we get another pick. Oh, Jeff Saturday getting hired by the Indianapolis Colts. I think that's just full on tank. I think the, Jim Ursay just wants to get a top quarterback. He's fed up with recycling these old quarterbacks. What that's what happens when you hire a high school football coach to coach your team. You, you want to get the first overall pick. I think it's pretty shocking. After that exam we wrote today, I literally got a notification on my phone and just started laughing. I thought it was, I thought Schefter got hacked or something.
2: Um, So for those of you who don't know, Jeff Saturday was a Pro Bowl center for the Indianapolis Colts for a very long time. He's taking over as the interim coach. His last time coaching football was in 2020 where he coached a prep school in Georgia to a three and seven record. AJ, who's going to call plays for the Indianapolis Colts for the rest of this season? Cause I don't think it's going to be Jeff Saturday's high school offense. Uh,
1: I have no idea. You, I just saw a tweet. Someone said no one on that coaching staff has ever called an NFL play. Mm-hmm. They have Reggie Wayne as a wide receiver coach. I don't know if he can somehow come in and get something going. And, or they're just going to call up Peyton Manning, Eli Manning. They're just going to run plays in the, the Manning cast, on Monday Night Football. I don't know what's going to happen. But I think that's just going to be a mess. I think Jim Arsene knows what he's doing. He wants to get that first overall pick.
0: I have, uh, I have nothing to say about it. I think the Colts are definitely tanking. And this is a terrible, terrible feeling for, uh, for the, any owners of Pittman, Taylor, even Alec Pierce at this point. Do you guys have any suggestions for these fantasy owners?
1: Well, I think Pittman and Pierce are uh, they are probably screwed. I think owners of that, I think the only thing going forward for Jonathan Taylor, Jeff Sari a center. He loves to pound the rock. Maybe that's the whole game plan going forward. They certainly can't pass protect, so maybe they're just going to give Taylor. I think Taylor's the only guy that's hoping that. I just see Pittman and Pierce will knock the ball down because he just does not look like a capable NFL thrower.
2: Yeah, um, I don't think this guy knows how to call plays. Um, Just from high school football, I think it's going to be a million screen passes. So uh, expect J.D. to get the ball quite a bit, especially with Sam Ellinger back there, not going to be able to do much.
0: All right, boys, let's move on to our next loss pick. We're joined here by our Jets analyst coming to us from Guelph, Sudsy Spreads.
3: How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, it's late and I'm tired. I'm tired of the boys on the Odds Getting Even podcast disrespecting my New York football Jets. Like, I understand coming off a loss. You know, you guys are down on them. You know, you're talking a little shit. But anyone who's watched the tape, the, like the only reason that that 11 and a half point spread was even desirable is because of the history. But if we look at how the Jets have played this year, They've been a defense-first team. They have an elite D-line and elite corners. That's the recipe to beating the Bills, and we saw that unfold on Sunday. You know, Josh Allen had pressure in his face all game. He was frustrated. He did his best Zach Wilson impersonation, like that first interception, like, come on. That's 2019 Josh Allen there. But, yeah, um, I'm just just happy. I'm just happy to be here to clown on you guys for a little bit for that (laughs) awful take, awful take. We do like to get
0: uh, held accountable here on Odds Get Even, but did you hear what Zach Wilson said, I think, after last week, where he said throwing away the ball was kind of boring, so he always wanted to make a play, and that's what caused the three interceptions from last week? You can see a big difference with the stat line. There was no interceptions this week. Definitely uh, took the boring play there, 153 yards in passing. How was is, how is his play for the game, John?
3: Honestly, his play was great. I mean, okay, maybe not great, but it was exactly what was needed because the run game, the run game did its job, but when it was third and five, third and six, he's what he did that really impressed me was he would sit back in the pocket and he didn't run right, left, backwards, running for his life and then scramble throwing out of bounds. He stayed in the pocket. He hit his throws on third down to get the first down and he took the hits like a real quarterback does. He showed real growth in that game. And, that's the beauty of this Jets team. We don't need him to throw two fifty yards, three TDs to win. We just need the run game to work and to, for Wilson to convert on third down.
1: So I'm going to admit what I was wrong. I frauded the Jets last week. I'm going to that fraud. I'm not convinced they're a legit threat yet, but I'll, I'll give them the playoff threat kind of thing. will wildcard team. You know, they're, they're a defense team. Like what John said, they won games that defensive front. Sal's got the boys running. I frauded him because of Zach Wilson. But if Zach Wilson plays like that, he game manages the game. He doesn't feel like he has to make too many plays. I think they could be legit down the threat. And we'll see what can happen. But, you know, I may be fraud them too early. I'll admit when I'm wrong and I was wrong.
2: Okay, boys, we were wrong. But I'm, I'm not sold at all on the New York Jets. I don't give a fuck that coin flip guy is 9-0 and or whatever he is at this point. <laughs> coin flip guy. I'm going to read you guys off. The Jets' wins from this year so far. So, second week, they beat the Cleveland Browns by one point. Not a great win. The Pittsburgh Steelers, maybe the worst team in football. There's a win. The Dolphins, actually a good team. That's a good win. The Packers, not a great win. The Denver Broncos, obviously not a great win. And then you beat the Buffalo Bills this week. So, that's a good win. But two of these wins out of the total are good wins. I'm calling it right now. This Jets team in that division with the dolphins and the bills and the Patriots will not make the playoffs this year. That's my call.
3: Okay. Can you uh, do me a favor and read off the Eagles wins? Are you not sold on the Eagles? Cause I think they may have beaten one good team and the rest garbage teams, but I thought in the NFL, a win is a win, you know? You you beat the teams put in front of you. Like, what more do you want? And they just beat the Bills, the best team in the league.
2: Are you not sold on the Bills because they lost to the Jets? Listen here. I'm not sold on defense winning championships anymore. That era in the NFL is over. That offense cannot move the ball well enough, especially without Brees Hall. I don't know what's happening next for you guys, but I don't see this as a playoff team.
3: Okay. Okay. No one has ever said the Jets are competing for any Super Bowl here. That's, that's not what we're saying. If we make the playoffs and lose 50 to nothing in the wild card round, I am happy as ever. Cause I haven't seen a Jets playoff win since I was 10 years old, a playoff game since I was 10 years old. But to sit here and look at this defense that just held the bills to 17 points, look at that run game, even without Brees Hall, we have two legit guys in Carter and Robinson and also, we're missing three starting alignment, and we still ran all over the builds. And if you look at the rest of the Jets' schedule here, let me just quickly pull it up. Should we a, do a should we do
0: a
1: win or no win for rest of the season
0: uh, where we go through the yeah
3: let's let's do, let's do this let's
1: do this and before we get this. into that I don't want to discredit you know one of the Jets win but the Dolphins game they did beat a third string seventh oh round God. quarterback so we'll we say the I didn't to know the
3: quarterback win. plays deep
2: defense and lets up forty points you're playing <laughs> CFL C- guys that's not a win points. you're playing C- yeah. CFL quarterbacks.
1: You're playing a Kansas State Skylar Thompson. We'll we'll just leave it (laughs) at
2: that. Sorry, does the quarterback play defense
3: and let up 40 points? I don't think so. Okay, I have the Jets schedule. We'll pull it up. Okay. So, bye week next week. The boys get to rest, you know. Great vibes going into the bye week. Oh, before we say this, I doubt you guys saw this quote, but Robert Salas said he's seen players go on bye and take it easy, and it completely ruined their season. He's keeping these boys focused. Like I said on the last leader of men that's my guy anyway so Jets go to MetLife New England Patriots uh for the next game personally I'm gonna say win because they if Zach Wilson doesn't throw three picks we win last game no questions asked
0: what do you guys think I I think since you're Jets analyst we gotta just take your picks for the rest of the season and add it to
3: the record so you want me to fire it off
0: I think you go win and we keep our tallies in our head and then we okay. tell you the end record. So the Jets record right now is
3: is just so we're all clear is what is what Sudsy. It's, it's, six they're and 6 and 3, three, three right three. now. I say they go they get their revenge in the Patriots, that's 7 and 3. And then the Bears are coming to New York. You know, the Bears have been playing well lately. I mean Obviously, I'm going to say the Jets are going to win, but I don't think it's as, as much of a lock as I would have thought maybe a few weeks ago, but I'm still marking that down as a win. And then all here, I'll be honest here. The next two games, the Jets are they're going to Minnesota. They're going to Buffalo. I see them dropping both of those games. Those are two really tough games against two really tough teams. There's no way the Jets beat the Bills again. I'm sorry. You guys can take the, the Bills spread next pod, and I, I won't clown you guys. But then we got the Lions coming to New York. That's a win. The Jaguars coming to New York. That's a win. So what's the record now? Sorry, I lost count. 10-5. and 10-5. and five. Okay. Okay, so see, this is where it gets real interesting down for the playoff stretch. Because then we're going to Seattle. And before the season started, I would have said guaranteed win. But man, that Seattle team is good. That's a good team. Oh, I really can't say. That's so hard to say. But I'm going to say the boys are going to get it done. So that puts us at, what, 11-5? and Yeah. And then the Jets and Dolphins, Week 18. Adam and I were talking about this before. This game is probably going to decide who gets in the playoffs. And it's in Minnesota. I mean, it's in Miami. And the Dolphins want revenge. The hardest thing to do in the NFL is to beat a team twice. So I, I hate to say it. If two is healthy, I think Miami wins that game.
0: That's an eleven and six season, which honestly is a is a good season for the Jets. And once they get Brees Hall next season, I, I think the future is bright for Jets. And uh, I do want to read a quote here uh, for you, and I want you guys to analyze this. So after one of the wins, it was actually heard that two of the Jets young players said, "Damn, we're
2: good." Damn. What do you what do you guys think about that? It's probably Sauce, probably Sauce Gardner, and uh, and Garrett Wilson probably early in the season, but uh, yeah, no, they're not bad. I can see them going nine and eight, so that's probably sufficient for them this year.
0: Okay, drop which one of the key. wins
2: I said? Which one of the wins I said are they losing? I want to know. They're losing to the Bears, and then they're going to drop one of Lions, Jags. One of those two, yes. they're going to drop. Jackson looked bad this week and the Lions looked decent.
1: <laughs> I got them at 10 and 7. The only game I had different than John was I think they're gonna lose think they're gonna lose to the Patriots. I think it's in New England, I believe. So I think yeah, it's tough place in Fox, to play. Bro. So uh, I got them at 10 and 7, which honestly could still be a seven seed. I think 10 and 7 still sneaks in the playoffs. I just think the AFC... oh, sorry Josh. No, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: I just think that the AFC is so loaded that like yeah, a 10 and seven might not be enough to get in this year like they're they're gonna need probably 11
0: i uh I, I agree with you here uh the one thing i disagree with you all you guys entirely uh i'm a big believer in recovery from injury and as a as a Brees hall owner i, I think he might recover and be there for the last game uh with the progression in the medical medical uh, in the medical industry he might be back look at james robinson who knows comes back I have the Jets beating the Dolphins and getting into
1: the playoffs. Oh, you, you want war now, don't you? <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to wake me on a Monday night at 1140 with that bullshit claim. There, there's no way they're coming to Miami and beating a two-let offense. Not, not a chance. Sorry. <laughs> so we want to move on to this conversation.
0: The Buffalo Bills, gentlemen. Are they for real?
2: I don't think they're as for real as we think they are. Um, they don't seem like they can move the ball right now. I mean, Josh Allen, a little injury came out of this one. We'll see what happens for the rest of the year. He said he was good in the presser after, but um, they're not moving the ball as well as they should be.
3: Okay, boys, I'm sorry. My internet is completely crapping out. so I'm going to go now. Um to adam and josh i'm gonna be sending you guys a jets apology form and <laughs> i expect signature by the end of the week i'll sign it and i, I, heard, I heard
1: some i will sign it i'll sign it. oh you don't
3: need to sign it you're a jets believer
1: yeah, uh, I, list... I admitted i was wrong i admitted i was wrong see i, I had some ownership you did,
3: on but i still need the signature but, uh, some of some of those comments last pod really got me going.
0: Really. <laughs> quick, uh, quick, uh, quick! Uh, take from you, Sudzy. Uh Bills for real or not? Oh,
3: the bills are for real. the jets are just a real good team. Like it's two good teams playing, one's gonna lose. You know.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Take it easy. Thanks for coming right. on. We're gonna have Thanks you me, boys. Thanks, Suds. <laughs> We're gonna have you on after the bye week, giving us. Deep in depth analysis on the Jets. That is our Jets analyst. See you, man.
3: Take care, boys.
0: So, as you guys can tell, a little tough week. We do want to get better. Those are all our picks for the week. We had our Jets talk. We're going to move on to college football. Our college football expert, you listeners are blessed with weekly college football takes, deep insights, the next level. This is the next level. We sound like the Blue Jays here, but we actually don't choke in wildcard playoffs. But (laughs) RG, take it away with the college football talk here. Stage is yours. All
2: right. So yeah, we're going to keep it short and sweet this week. So tomorrow, I don't know if the pod's going to be out yet, but we're filming this. It is Monday, 11.37 p.m. I'm going to give you not my predictions for what the college football playoff rankings will look like this week. I'm going to give you what I think it should be going into this week. So obviously, number one, we got the Georgia Bulldogs. Any team they play in the playoffs, they're going to absolutely storm through. You guys saw them walk all over Tennessee this week. AJ, what do you think about that one? What do you think about the dogs down in Athens?
1: They're for real again. I think it's um, back-to-back territory. That defense lost so many people in the draft. It's it's a Georgia defense. Denson Bennett looked very good. Moving with his legs, had some nice touch on that deep ball. Yeah, like you said, I don't think any team can touch Georgia right now. I think whoever they play in both games, the semi and finals, it's going to be a walkthrough, and they're going to – Kerry Smart's going to get another another chip under his belt.
2: So, boys, um, a defensive lineman from the Georgia Bulldogs posted an Instagram picture. Um, So his caption after the game against Tennessee was, they was the top off. She got rocky. So we take off. They talk. Hendon Hooker was a pinned response. The quarterback for Tennessee. And he said, we going to see about it next go around. How about Georgia's defensive lineman responding saying, Unk, you old as shit. We not going to see y'all again. That's hilarious. But I do not agree with them. I think Tennessee is the second best team in this country. I have them at number two in my rankings. They will not be there. They got an easy schedule. They're going to roll through it. Georgia's got some tough games. Could be a lockdown spot next week at Mississippi State. I think they're going to hold out. But um, they got a few tough games. Tennessee is the second best team in this country. Unfortunately, they will not be at two. That's where I have them. Next up, the Michigan Wolverines. Obviously not the hardest schedule this year. Harbaugh Harbaugh has, uh, has those boys in check, though. So I like them. They're my third best team in the country right now. At number four... This one's going to shock you guys. Do not have the Ohio State Buckeyes. I have the Oregon Ducks. Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks. I know they got pumped by Georgia in week one, 49-3. to three. That's not the team we've been seeing every week. I think this team can get into the playoffs and should be in the playoffs and will make some noise if they win the Pac-12. I
1: love that. I love that take. I love Georgia at four. See, I did that rank. He's at the same top three as you. I don't have Ohio State either. We'll get into them later. But I have another Pac-12 team. I have the USC Trojans, the Lincoln-Riley, the Caleb Williams team, old Sooners, but that defense isn't buzzing, but Caleb Williams can score a billion points a game. I think he's got the Heisman, in my opinion, locked up. The stuff he's doing week in and week out is just astronomical. He's going to be the consensus number one overall pick in next year's draft, but I think if USC wins out, I think they should be in that team. I think that'd be so fun if they were forced to play Georgia to see what they can do against that offense that defense. Sorry. Yeah.
2: We'll see what happens in that PAC 12. I think the PAC 12 winner gets in this year, which is why I have the Ohio state Buckeyes at five, a little slithery win against Northwestern, probably one of the worst teams in the power five. I mean, it was windy out there in Chicago, but don't really care about that. I think they're going to get pumped by Michigan in a couple of weeks. I'm going to have the Wolverines in that game. hundred percent. Um, Boys, I'm going to call the fraud card on Ohio State. I don't know if I'm fully frauding them yet, but I don't think they can compete with Georgia and Tennessee on the main stage.
1: I like the fraud call. I do like it a lot. I think you just saw the the best of both worlds, like how they're frauds. You got the week before against Penn State, you know, 30 points, I think was that offense and then not being able to score against that Northwestern offense and struggling that game and could arguably say they got a bit outplayed that game too. So I think Ohio State is fraudulent. Like you said, if if that game wasn't the big house, I think Michigan pumps them. I don't know if it's going to be a blow, but I think Michigan's going to pull away way of the game because so I don't think Ohio State can stop the run and Harbour is just going to pound the rock down their throat all game.
2: So at six, I have the TCU Horned Frogs. I don't think they can compete in the playoffs. They're good at six. Um, big 12 is super mid. I know my Sooners in the Big 12, but that's just a super mid uh, – Mid-conference, everyone's competitive, but nothing great. They'll probably win out. They might get in there. Seven, my last pick. I'm going to stop at seven here. Not the Alabama Crimson Tide. The LSU Tigers. How about that win at home Saturday night? What do we think of that?
1: Death Valley was buzzing. <laughs> Brian Kelly's got the boys buzzing. Doesn't have to fake that Southern accent anymore. He's won over the home crowd. He doesn't need to do any of those shagins, but... It just shows LSU. LSU's for real. If they didn't have a couple of early losses, and I would tell them as legit college football contenders. They look really good now. I think that team's going to be a powerhouse for the future. You see what Brian Kelly did as a recruiter at Notre Dame, which is so hard to recruit. Now he's got LSU's money. He's got LSU's facilities. I think LSU's going to be a force in the future.
2: Yeah. Um, well, we'll move on in a second. I'm going to go over three big matchups next week. Um, obviously, I left Bam out of that. I don't think I've ever done that in my entire life when I'm predicting college football rankings. But uh, I don't even want to talk about them. They don't even deserve our attention, to be honest. After this one, three big matchups this week. Some opening lines. We got Bama at Ole Miss. Shake up this SEC West. Currently minus twelve for Bama. That's a game to keep an eye on. We'll talk more about it later this week. TCU at Texas. Texas favored by seven points at home against the Horn Frogs and then Washington at Oregon with Bo Nix, Oregon sitting at 13 and a half. We're going to have some good props for that one on Thursday as well. But uh, that's all I got for you boys.
0: It's great. Great analysis. Once again, this is our college football expert. All right. Now this is time. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to the rant. What are we ranting about this week, gentlemen? We are ranting about Vegas traps. Now, Vegas traps are very interesting. Has this ever happened to you? You wake up one morning, you open up the sports book, you see some team, and you think to yourself, wow, these are great odds. You then proceed to text your buddies and say, take this before it's too late. Next thing you know, a couple hours later, the game goes by and your team gets absolutely blown out and you think to yourself, I've never seen this happen. This is what we call a Vegas trap. Now, a good example of the Vegas trap would be the Tennessee money line or the Tennessee spread. What we said last weekend was, how could this lose? I don't see this losing. The classic words of someone who's about to get Vegas trapped. Do you guys want to elaborate more on the Vegas trap to sort of educate our listeners? you ahead, head, Archie, lead us off.
2: So an hour before this game, I sent a tweet to Mr. J. Roy Hammers of someone at MGM saying that Tennessee could break them today with the win. That is the ultimate call for Vegas trap. I think we were just so high on the volunteers. We didn't want to change our pick. That's a time we change our pick. That was really disappointed. But uh, Notre Dame winning later in the day made me feel a bit better.
0: What were the exact words sent in that text message? I cannot see Tennessee not covering the points. Every single time. If you ever catch yourself saying these odds are too good, or I cannot see this happening, always sit back. And do you guys have any tips for our listeners uh, to deal with Vegas traps and catch them as it's happening? Because it's happened to everyone. It's like a catfish. You think it's going to be great. And all of a
2: sudden it's not. Guys, when you are looking at college football games, do not look at the college football rankings. Do not look at the AP polls. I don't care if an unranked team is favored against a ranked team whether it's on the road or at home you look deeper than that you do not bet on that rank team right away that's uh that's my one big Vegas trap tip
0: my one big Vegas trap tip for the listeners is really looking out for those thoughts where you think to yourself I can't see anything go wrong that's where you put your phone down you 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 put your hands up and you think to yourself why are the odds like this? You then pull out Twitter, search everything up. You make sure that everything's fine. No one's hurt because at the end of the day, Vegas makes these lines and they know more than we do. So just make sure you know everything. And at the end of the day, there's, there's no better bet than not betting at all because you don't lose money. You don't make money, but you still have more tokens to bet uh, in the future.
1: Yeah, there's a sum up think my one tip on a Vegas trap, if you open up your betting book, you open up your phone, you see a line and you bet it within like three seconds right away, put your phone down, take a deep breath, listen to the pod and figure it out that this is probably a Vegas trap. And I should stay away from this game. Vegas traps get everyone. They get us, but we we'll, are here to help you help you avoid getting sewered by Vegas.
2: Um, so if you guys are still confused, about the Vegas trap technology. Um, I have a little game next week. I just mentioned that is screaming Vegas trap. So TCU, the undefeated TCU Horn Frogs on the road at Texas in Austin are seven point dogs. That is something you got to look out for. We're going to talk more about that on Thursday. So what would you consider betting on that game to avoid the Vegas trap? So to avoid the Vegas trap here, I would look into taking the Texas Longhorns against an undefeated TCU team who are probably going to be in the top four of the college football rankings tomorrow. Top four, maybe five. As a seven point favorite.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that's the trap. I think you got to bet Texas. That's the only way around it. You get an undefeated team who, like Argy just said, is going to be top four or five in the college football playoffs. It's a seven-point dog against a, a skeptical Texas team that's been inconsistent at times. I think that just screams Vegas trap. Like I said, college football, look who's playing home. Home's such an advantage in college sports. So I think, that, I think that's a trap. that You got to be aware of the TCU Horn Frogs.
0: Yeah, it's a great take. Uh, If it hits, you look like a god. If it doesn't, we look dumb. But we stick by with these Vegas traps because for as long as I can remember, these Vegas traps are out to get me. So that is the completion of the rant. We have a rant every week because that's the life of sports betting. We are now going to move on to our next segment. We're talking about fraud or not. We're going to do two teams this week. Uh, two teams in question. I will be the judge, and I want both you guys to argue against each other. So the first team we're going to talk about is the Seattle Seahawks. Who wants to take the stage first?
2: I can get started on the Seahawks beating my Cardinals in Glendale last weekend. Um, Obviously not too happy about it. Guys, that defense is great. They look like the Legion of Boone. I think this team is real. I think they could easily win this division, especially since I'm calling it for the Cardinals for this year pretty much. I think that defense is solid. I'm not ready to pull a fraud card on them yet.
1: So you're saying I got to argue against the Seahawks not being frauds? Is that what we got to do? Because I I, don't, I believe in Gino. I think he's legit. Um, think the Seahawks are rolling. They can score. They can defend. They can do everything. I don't really have an argument to not call them to call them frauds because I actually think they're a legit team. They beat the Giants, they beat the Cardinals, they beat the Chargers. They can do everything. they put out games where they've scored forty-eight points against the Lions, and they have games where they hold the Giants thirteen points. And they have Pete Carroll is probably one of the best coaches in football, and arguably one of the best football coaches of all time. They beat a heavily injured Chargers team. Don't talk about my Chargers like that. <laughs>
2: Um, the Seahawks though, if we were going to do an NFL heart rankings, which we can do at some point, they'd be near the top of that with the Chicago bears. So, uh, I'm, I like the Seahawks, maybe not to win a playoff game, but Hey, they were supposed to go what three and 14 this year. I don't even know what their, their, their total over was.
0: The New York jets would also be on that heart rankings.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Not for me.
0: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess we're all placing the non-fraud card team, but I'm talking about playoffs, boys. This is the playoffs. Do the Seahawks have a chance to do something in these playoffs?
1: I think they have a chance if they win this division. It is impossible playing Seattle. We see they got the 13th man out there or the 12th, um, 12th man. Sorry. I think, it's, I think if they win this division, I think they can win a playoff game. If they're on the road, I don't think Geno Smith can do it. But if they pull out this division, I think they have a two-game two, two game lead. Is it is that right? I think on the 49ers right now. So if they if they win this division, I think I would pick them to win a playoff game.
2: Yeah, the NFC is kind of open season, too. No one's really standing out aside from the Eagles. But we don't even know everything about the Eagles yet. Um, I can see them winning a playoff game or two if they uh, if they win the NFC West.
0: All right, I completely agree with you guys. Uh, We are going to move on to the next team. We're jumping to the NHL. I do love talking about hockey. That's my main sport. They call me the hockey god, even though it doesn't seem like it this weekend. But Vegas trap, boys. We got Vegas trap this weekend, I swear. So uh, for the fraud team of the week we have in question, we have the Florida Panthers, boys. This team was supposed to be a cup contender, trading away Huberto and Uyghur. Denning Kachuk obviously kind of looks like they won that trade. But the Florida Panthers drop in games to L.A. You don't lose to L.A. I'm sorry. I know the Leafs lost to L.A. (laughs) But in my opinion, L.A. is, is not ready yet. And especially to a team that should be a Stanley Cup contender, they shouldn't be dropping games. They're going to shootouts against the Sharks. They're losing to the Coyotes. So, gentlemen, are we ready to place this fraud card? 10 games into the season on the Florida Panthers.
1: I'm going to place the fraud caught in the Florida Panthers. I think it's kind of, you see, at the Leafs they're not built for the playoffs. They haven't been, I think they're trying to change out the chuck, but I'm concerned about the goaltending. Krabowski and Knight have not been consistent this year. They're still going back and forth. I think for them to make a change, they got to pick one goalie and ride the hot hand. Hopefully someone gets hot. But I'm ready to place the fraud caught in the Panthers. They're in a really good Atlantic division. At this rate, I I could see them missing the playoffs, to be honest.
2: So I'm going to fraud them as well. Not because they're a bad team, but that might be the best division in hockey. Um, I can't see them making the playoffs. That might be the best division in hockey. Boston's the best team in the NHL right now. The Leafs just knocked them off. Um, There's a a lot coming out of there. Tampa's going to keep moving up through the ranks. That's three right there. Detroit looks great. Buffalo looks great. How long ago have you seen this many teams be this competitive in a division? I don't think they're a bad hockey team, but they don't have the goaltending to win in that division.
0: So I'm going to have to disagree with both you guys. I think Florida is not a fraudulent team, and there is one reason to it. His name is Aaron Ekblad. Now, he is their number one defenseman. He's their absolute glue guy. He plays over 20 minutes a night. He plays their power, played their penalty kill. He is injury prone, as you can tell now. The reason why I call him the glue guy is because he's gone, and now they're losing to teams like L.A., Arizona. They're going to shoot out against San Jose. When you have a guy logging over one-third of the game, and he's your guy, and he's not there, you're playing secondary guys like Brandon Montour. Who the hell is Brandon Montour? Obviously, I know who he is because I'm the hockey god. But for the average listener, who is Brandon Montour? Uh, by the way, mentioning Brandon Montour, he is a really good pickup in your fantasy leagues. Uh, <laughs> you can, uh, play. But when Aaron Ekblad comes back, Florida will be really good again. Uh, I would really look into betting on the Panthers, um, not winning division, but making the playoffs because you kind of see him drifting in the markets as well. Uh, so I'm ready to call Florida not a fraud uh, just because of injuries itself. If Aaron Eckblad was out for the season, I don't think Florida has a good chance in making the playoffs because they can't figure out anything in the back end. But I like that we have these different stances here, create some controversy on the pod. So those are our two teams of the week. Now, to finish off our pod, we're going to move on to some nice hockey spots up until our next podcast for the week. I just want to outline some matchups here for you guys to sort of analyze. Um, So first, I know we talked about blacklisting the Leafs. (laughs) Of course, I have the first thing on is Vegas at Leafs on Tuesday. Vegas is a wagon, boys. (laughs) <laughs> and they are an underdog <laughs> with Calgary <and> <laughs> that. I might be placing the J-Roy Hammer on the Vegas Golden Knights on Tuesday. Take that value. But wait, that's what the old J-Roy Hammers would say. Because this sounds like <laughs> a Vegas trap. Okay? So take a look at that. Because the old J-Roy Hammers would say, I can't see this losing. But now with the Vegas odds, I might be able to see this losing. So definitely take a look at that. That's a good hockey spot. We got Calgary at New Jersey tomorrow. They just lost to the Islanders in overtime. Honestly, I'm putting the fraud on Markstrom. I like Vladar Net this year. I think Calgary as an underdog against New Jersey looks good tomorrow in New Jersey. I did check the distance from Calgary. Uh, From the island to New Jersey, it's not far. So they have, they were in bed for, I'd say, at least half an hour or so. So they're getting a solid eight hours sleep. So back to back definitely doesn't seem like a factor. Uh, What do you guys think about that one?
1: I love, I love the value uh, with Calgary's a dog. You know, they haven't been playing up to their potential this year, but I think when you get Calgary's a dog against the Devils, who I'm not ready to call legit yet, yet, just because. It's the devil. They haven't been good for my entire life, basically. So I like the value as a Calgary money line. That's for sure.
2: But because we're always checking facts, does this one seem a bit trappy for you guys? <laughs> <It's> trappy. <laughs> I think it's a bit trappy.
0: I don't see the trap here. I think it's perfectly, uh, perfectly valued. You have Calgary here as a slight dog on a back-to-back. The betting markets still love Calgary. Calgary is still a good team. They are underperforming, but they're hungry for a win. I don't see the back to back factor being a factor since New Jersey's not that far away. Uh, just skip the morning skate if I was suitor and uh, make sure that they're ready to go for game time. New Jersey's riding really hot right now. Great team. Love them. Much, a lot of heart. But we can't forget about that team from Alberta. Alberta grind. So I, I'm on Calgary tomorrow going to move on to a next really nice spot. We have Dallas versus Winnipeg. We got it pretty close to Pickham. I love Dallas in this spot. Dallas is one of the best teams in the league. I'm, I don't like Winnipeg at all. Without Ehlers, they aren't a great team. They've been beating up on some bad teams, fresh off of a 4-0 win on Chicago. I think Dallas comes in there. The reason why it's close to Pickham is because Ottinger is in a net, but Wedgwood, boys. Wedgwood can stop some rubber. So I think uh, that's a good spot for Dallas. Uh, you guys have any arguments for Winnipeg? Or are you on uh, Hammer's side here?
1: I will never fight J-Roy uh, Hammers in hockey, ride or die. So I'll ride with you. I'll ride with you to Dallas, and I'll ride with you with Scott Wedgwood, my boy, great fans to pick up for me. I'll ride with j Hammers the day I die.
2: No, yeah. Uh, J-Roy Hammers, a.k.a. Stack Guy, a.k.a. Hockey Guy, Um, I'm taking that pick with
0: you this week. All right. I love to hear. I love the support. Hopefully the listeners feel the same after these picks. If not, then might have to start doing some different rituals before the game. We all have our superstitions here. And uh, moving on to the last game, I'm going to read this note that I wrote down uh, for the analysis for the game. I have Carolina versus Florida. And the reason for it is, Take Carolina. Florida has been fucking awful. <laughs> so we are riding with Carolina. I do have the over 102.5 regular season points, 250 down for 200 back profit. How are ya? <laughs> but uh, I think Carolina takes this game. It's going to be close odds. The books really love Florida still um, with no Ekblad, I think Carolina's all over them. Uh, some quick things about fantasy goalies. Goalies are very important in fantasy. I've written down a bunch of uh, different goalies uh, you can pick up if your goalies are hurt or if your goalies suck. Um, one of them is Soderblom on Chicago. Uh, he's not terrible. He gets a lot of shot volume. Really like him in fantasy. He's looking pretty good. He's looking like the guy in Chicago, which isn't bad. Definitely spot start him. Uh, I don't know how much knowledge you guys have on the goalies in the fantasy market, but that's big. Next, Vegemelka on Arizona, boys. You guys have any takes on the Arizona
3: goalies here?
2: I have one take, and it is Connor Bedard, and I'm going to leave it there.
0: So, just like my undertakes, Arizona does not like to score goals, and recently they've not liked to give up many goals. So, Vejmelka, consider them in your to start uh, on your fantasy teams, and lastly, pick up Wedgwood if he's available in your leagues. Uh Odinger's still out for a little bit wedge was not a bad start uh definitely gets you some saves so that's pretty much the pod for the week boys we got a jam-packed episode coming for you this week we got ufc previews we got our ufc analyst making his debut on the pod on thursday as well as a world cup preview for the coming weekends we got a heavy college football slate nfl football slate and hockey coming for you guys boys any uh, any departing
2: comments on the pod so boys i'm calling it right now our eight picks this week 70 percent and over book it right now i'm ready to roll lots of research going on before that we film on thursday i'm ready to roll
1: yeah no totally good to rg we'll, we'll be better this week I'm getting, I'm getting pretty optimistic. I'm going seven for eight. We don't have any midterms to worry about this week. You know, We're, we're dialed in. All that's on our mind is the lines, the books. We'll, we'll get you seven out of eight this week.
2: Hey, not a bad first week on the books, though. Over 500. It's there not our 70, but better than the average better. Um, Obviously not near close to our expectations, but hey, we move. We move. We got heart.
0: All right. This is the end of the pod. Episode three, boys. It's coming along. If you guys are listening to our pod for the first time, check out our old episodes. Don't forget to
3: leave a like. Rate us and leave us some good comments. We're here for you guys. Peace.